Welcome to the hashtag blessed version of the Millennial Pastor Podcast. It's a short form version of our show because apparently some of you think we talk too much. I'm your host, Josiah. I'm your co-host, Byron. And I'm your special co-host, a guest, whatever we call me, Will. We're just going to have three hosts, so you can just be a co-host. Oh, hey, okay. It doesn't always have to be all three of us. We're just experimenting right now. You're just a co-host, Will. You're well, not invited to the, like the the long form. Just uh, sorry, just the short. We'll, form. we will give you literally any amount multiplied by what of you avocados? get now. Avocados? No, okay. I, multiply what you get now by any number you want, and you get. Ah, uh, okay. Right. Will majored in math, so I think he understands multiplications, especially if they involve zero. So <laughs> he's smart like that. Just math it, Will. Yeah, you say that a lot. Yeah, I will. Okay. That's all I knew how to say. I do. I did, you went to school and you got a math degree, and then you went to seminary and got a Jesus degree. So I never understood how those two would work together. So that's that's how I dealt with that. Because in my head, I just didn't compute. So I would ask you to compute and just say, "Will, just math it, please." Yeah, all you have is the bachelor. So yeah, that's all, I get it. That's all I have. You need to explain big words to me <laughs> and Byron. It's not just me. Yeah, I get called out for it more than Byron. It seems. Byron also only has a bad. That's because I don't constantly like make fun of people for getting a master's. Oh my goodness. I don't constantly make fun of people for getting a master's either. Uh, you kind of do though. No, I disagree. You set yourself up for it. Maybe I, I, may, I maybe ask for it. I can agree to that, but I don't constantly just will. I just love what we're going to, we're going off on tangents. It makes to be a sense that show. you're jealous that I'm a master of the divine, but I get it. I get oh. it. <laughs> We, so we're not we're so arrogant to think that we could be masters of the divine, Will. So, it's so, called masters of divinity, by the way. So just for people who don't know, so that's why <laughs> I said that. Good call. Oh, my Lanta. Yeah. So this is the show. This is a short form version. Sometimes we try to be serious. Other times we can't help ourselves. Uh, we spent a lot of time growing up together. So sometimes we re- revert back to being child hood friends or something but this is how the show works we're gonna have three segments each one is going to be timed we're going to try to hold ourselves to that time so this is actually a short show the purpose being that we are millennials we have been in ministry currently are once we're in ministry and we are reflecting about things that are happening in the world around us because we feel like it's a worthwhile discussion to have so segment one is going to be this happened this week and will You're going to start. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, dude. Three, two, one, go. All right. Yeah, well, this week was kind of a big week in a certain household. School has started, and this is the first year that we actually have a child in school. So it took May to preschool on Wednesday, this past Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, she loves it, and and we're happy for her, but we're sad for us. We we just feel really old having a – a, a kid in school so it's kind of a it was kind of a sad i didn't cry like my younger brother byron will say i did but but it was sad it was a sad day when I okay but in off. conversation you said you might you would probably cry i didn't say you would cry you you said you would you, would, you cry no, you, stuff you, you're more emotional you were in i am just, yeah well, once there's nothing wrong with babies that. man once you start having babies it's just <laughs> the tears just start coming i never that's a true cry, story but man, that's a I true just, story 
Well, I'm just weep. That too, I'm just weep. Like, I'm 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 crying right now. So yeah, I've been I've crying. been in a lot of weddings of friends, and you're the only groom that I know of that cried. <laughs> which nothing's wrong with that. There's no. I'm yeah. not making fun of you. There's well, nothing wrong with that. Well, that's um, fine. That I was thought a, that was that was a lot of crying. I'll admit I that. thought I would honestly, but I didn't. But as mainly because it was just kind of a a weird day as a whole. I think, but. But anyway, yeah, I, I thought I would too. So I'm not judging you for that. I definitely Man, cried I at my that. wedding. You guys are forgetting because it was so long ago. I not, know that's like 30 like years what, ago. Not the way Will did. Like, <laughs> no, and again, not I'm not mocking you, Will. But Will was like weeping. Like he's he's an emotional guy. That's nothing's wrong with that. So anyway, we, this I, week, I'm in, your I'm in touch with my feelings. I'm in touch with my feelings. So it doesn't get any easier. Not that I'm like the saged old one because I'm actually younger than both of you. But we six months, bro. Not even that much. Still, it, it counts. Uh, going to kindergarten was a big deal, right? Like me and Caitlin both had some emotions. And we thought, especially Caitlin thought, oh, first grade, we are we are seriously like veterans of the whole dropping kids off at school. We get yeah. within we get within sight of the school, and she is a just she's waterworks, and she's looking like, <laughs> why am I crying so? Bad? And I just like, I'm like I guess it's because you love your child. Why is this a bad thing? I, don't, I mean, it's, so what was Casey's response? Casey's like, Mom, why are you crying? It's okay. He's like, these are happy tears. Like she always has to, you know, explain that they're happy tears and and that sort right. of thing because he's a yeah. very very empathetic kid. He's always worried. Like, Mom, did I do something to make you cry? Like, why are you so emotional about this? But it's just, you know, it's a big deal to send your kid off to a, some other place for someone else to mold and shape them. Like, that's not a small yeah. thing to do. The question no. is if you'll keep crying when it's your fourth one. I, I mean. That might be the difference because you've done it so many times at that point by the time he's old enough that it won't be a thing. I weirdly think it'll be worse. And let me tell you why. Okay. Um, because you kind of already know what's coming. And that's almost like in some sort of way worse because you've already gone through all of the emotion and you have the double whammy of your youngest kid has been like completely the baby. Like they are not only like your baby, but they were the youngest kid. So your older kids make them seem like even more of a baby just because like, Oh my goodness, my seven year old is holding my brand new baby. That is crazy. So in some sort of way, I actually think it might be harder because it's, it's very clearly the end of an era for it's like, Oh wow, this is the last time we're going to take kids to school. I mean, my wife would kill me for telling you guys this, but at one point she's like, well, what's now? What's now? What, what happens now? We we've had four kids. We might as well just die. Right. Like what's next? Like there's definitely, there's definitely this crazy end of an era kind of grieving process to, to have that stuff be done. So well, what you could tell her is what's next is you raise them. <laughs> They're not, they're not like animals, you uh, know, just, uh, they're not like turtles where you just, yeah. you know, bury them in the sand and then hopefully they make it to the water. <laughs> you have to raise yeah. them now. Obviously. There is an ex, Caitlin. There is an ex. Oh, my God. No, the, if that means another kid, or whatever you're alluding to. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a next thing. The first one getting out of, like, elementary school and then yeah. middle school, then oh, high school, then mayor, like, the weddings and all that kind of stuff. Going to college. There's a lot of firsts. First I driving. I'm just overly be sensitive terrifying. because there's never-ending jokes about Josiah and Caitlin not stopping with having children. So, well, you have 45 well, you kids. You are it's a fertile fault. myrtle. So. Oh my fertile myrtle. That's ridiculous, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the fertile myrtle. Okay, whatever. I'm gonna. Apparently, I'm gonna let that one ride. Will 
you know, at the, we'll we'll see what happens with Byron. I still, if you guys, if you guys haven't heard in one of our earlier seasons, last or the earlier episodes last season, I may or may not have uh, asked for cursed prayers. me. Oh, I mean, not cursed you. At we this could, point, it'd be a curse. We're oh, not my Linda. Uh, well, hey guys, five minutes is up. I had a less invasive timer for us, so we're gonna move on to the next segment. Ah. It's not as it's not as violent. It's not as loud. Yeah, it was very pleasant. Was that more pleasant for you guys? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, segment two. It's our it's our pop culture and being a cool kid segment. Byron, since you're such a cool kid and so hip and wicked. Yeah, that's me. Super cool, guys. Why don't you lead us up? Lead us off with uh, what? What are you? What are we talking about? Time starting now. Well, so we wanted to talk. Use this segment. Like we we talked about sports and stuff before. We don't want to just focus on sports, but. That's okay if it creeps in. But, like, we wanted to talk about, like, other millennial uh, stereotypes. Like, we quiz our people. We, we make dumb jokes about it. But, like, something that we does really bother us is that we get labeled all the time. Um, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, but, like, I don't drink coffee and I don't eat avocado. <laughs> so, those are, like, two things that people are like, oh, you're millennial. And I don't like those. I hate them. Okay, pause. I never Will, do. Will, you drink coffee and eat avocado, right? Yes. Oh, heaven. And I, I do. I, well, I'm a Christian, just <laughs> that so is, I can resist. That is terrible. <laughs> okay, I also do that. And this is also, I mean, if you follow us on social media, I think it was about $500 million that millennials alone spent on avocados last year. Which, if you average it, it out, seems like the, a huge number. Based based on the based on the census or based on the articles' thoughts on how many millennials there are, th- what that actually means is like millennials spent twenty five dollars or less last year, like individually on avocados. Which, but they know, didn't spell that out really, though. Like they they went with the clickbait title and never really like broke it down like that far if i recall correctly no they didn't and i i actually decided to go and look at the census.gov stats and there's maybe 83 million millennials and so my math and will you're gonna have to check us on this can you math it for us later my math says that it was more like in your head five to ten bucks Mm. that each millennial had to spend on an avocado on avocados to get to that number it's like dude i do that in a week really easily but, and I mean, realistically, like some of us, like obviously not all of us eat avocado, but mm-mm. like my wife doesn't get avocado very much because I won't eat it. Not that she can't, but like she'll get it occasionally, but it's not very often. It's not it's not weekly. Um, but then there's people like Will and Nicole um, who have you said, I don't know, you said you get several a week, right, Will? Yeah, it Usually, depends. I'm, we we shop at Sam, so you can't buy one at Sam. Well, and do your like kids 30. eat it too? So, oh yeah, oh yeah, everybody eats avocados. Uh, I mean, guess your kids are millennials then. <laughs> they're just and and Christian. But that's the thing though, yeah. like <laughs> it's it's generations of people in California and Florida have been eating avocado, and made it a big deal. It's not like it's just millennials, but no, no. but no. they're but they're... that's why stereotypes are dumb. It doesn't make sense exactly. And there's one stereotype that keeps rearing its ugly head that drives me nuts. So it's the stereotype of. Uh, you know, becoming an adult and how difficult it is to become an adult. Um, and so every generation goes through that. And I'm not going to pretend that that's not the case. However, what I don't think is maybe addressed enough and what perhaps generations that have preceded our, our own like to dismiss is the fact that we might be and almost certainly are the first generation to be as scrutinized as we grow up and quote unquote hashtag adult. Um, so, so you can't really even say, oh, this was hard, blah, 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 without someone saying, 
suck it up buttercup i went through that as well but i don't know if there has ever been a generation before ours that had a 24-hour news cycle that had social media that had this side or the other that was constantly critiquing uh begrudging um you know smearing the name of with stereotypes an entire generation and that that generation got to kind of grow up under that and an adult into that so it almost creates an atmosphere of well i guess i'm never allowed to complain about anything because all that's ever going to happen is oh you're just an entitled stereotypical brat of a millennial who grew up in their grandmother's basement like it's just such an easy way to dismiss a person based on oh well you're you know you're in your 20s or your 30s so obviously that's the reason just deal with it life is hard I think yeah, part I of the problem, though, is us, stats, right? So. What? I think, I, I think part of the problem is us, though, because, like you said, we didn't have social media in the 24-hour news cycle before us. And so people are putting out stuff on social media to say that things are hard. And if they would have just not said it, then it wouldn't have been a story at all. That's true. <laughs> yes so and no, so though. Like, but the media blows everything out of proportion. It's well, just yeah. like so ridiculous like before i feel like you have like just like your family would tell you that you're lazy or whatever like you come (laughs) home and your grandparents just like judge you rub some dirt in it walk it off you're fine yeah like but Mm -hmm. now it's like literally everywhere and i don't know like what i do when people like bring up that kind of stuff like oh your generation blah 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 i just give them actual stats and like it helps that we talk about this all the time so i have more stuff you know prepared but like talking about how we are the oh, highest shoot. educated Finish generation. Your we have the highest debt in, of a generation. We have like, and we started out, we started graduating from college in a, in a bad economy. Like right. we had some things against us. We can just say, well, you know what? We weren't the ones who screwed all this stuff up. <laughs> and I've done that. And the thing is like, not to be a jerk. Like I do it to have a conversation and say, Hey, a lot of things were screwed up for us and we're having to fix it. Or try to doesn't mean we are, you know. We're, we're gonna have to figure that out. But I don't know. One of my favorite things I've ever seen is somebody after the the um, the election, the last election. Someone was talking about how you know a couple millennials are now in Congress, and they're like, oh, "Would you ever vote for another millennial?" And one of the best things I saw was someone tweeted just a response to that saying. Well, if my understanding of time is right, that's what we're going to have to do. <laughs> like, like, what a stupid question, because we are the next generation who will be in Congress. Yeah, people that, die. You, you have to, like, there's going to have to be people there. And guess what? We're the next ones who are going to be of age to do it. Of course, we're going to have to vote for more millennials. Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, so we take that idea of, like, let's make fun of millennials. And we just go way too far with it, where all these articles, they don't make any sense. They're dumb questions. And no one's really... I mean, millennials call them out, but it's just like we need people who are older to be like, well, that was a really stupid question. Why did you ask that as a quote unquote publication and as a journalist? That's not real. Yeah. So. Well, we went over time. We'll try to do better on the last one, folks. Sorry. We will um, never be under time. It's not going to happen. But we're doing better, though, than we could have. Okay. Well, let's Realistic. I'm just being honest. Seg- segment three. <laughs> we're trying. We're trying, folks, to give maybe meaningful thoughts and conversations, dialogues about stuff we care about. Um, segment three is of theological significance. So we're going to try to talk about things that might be directly or central or connect in some way to, to our theological beliefs. So we're going to start, I'm going to start that one. Um, and what I really want to talk about with you guys is what, what just was aired on our podcast on a Monday. 
if you didn't listen to it, please go and do it. It's the first time we've done this and we've gotten a pretty good response to it. Uh, I'm sure there's some people that maybe haven't responded yet that didn't like it at all. But it was the first time we interviewed what would be considered a done, a person that once went to church and no longer does. So there's these buzzwords or labels, nuns and duns, and not N-U-N-S. N-O-N-E-S is the word nuns that we're talking about, which means they don't have a faith affiliation. So if they were filling out like a census form, it wouldn't be, there wouldn't be a check next to Christianity. It would just be none, no affiliation with any sort of religious institution or belief or practice. But anyways, in the episode, we basically asked my buddy Cassidy, who I've been friends with for a long time, why he left the church. And I'm not going to you know, try to give you the Reader's Digest version of what he said. You should just go and listen to it yourself. What I really want to talk about is the fun, but also, I mean, that's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing. The interesting and sometimes precarious position that as a pastor, I find myself in because I actually want to have friends um, and not, it's not always maybe the easiest thing in the world to be friends with people that you're the pastor of as well, because there's just lots of interesting dynamics that, that are at play there. But I also am not going to be the type of person that doesn't have friends with anybody that, that doesn't go to my church. So me and Cassidy are this interesting example of, of being friends, uh, but maybe we don't see eye to eye on everything. Maybe we don't even agree on, on all the theologically significant questions. But it's one of these interesting things because I, I don't know if you guys remember this. I definitely remember being taught that you just don't associate with those people. Like in maybe in more of su- more subtle terminology than that, but I remember hearing about being unequally yoked and this, that, or the other. But um, it, well, you were allowed to evangelize to them, but not really be friends with them. Sure, I mean you could invite them to church, but if they don't go or they don't change their life, then you can't really be hang out with them. So I guess my the conundrum because you know at some at some point I'm not going to deny the fact that you know Jesus told us to bear his image to be his witness to be like him to the rest of the world and there's like we have not that we have ulterior motives but like that's that's a thing that i feel strongly about that i want to do but how we do that is significant because so often as a pastor i know my buddy cassidy doesn't feel this way but when i make new friends with duns or nuns i guarantee straight off the bat they're questioning if i have ulterior motives are you just trying to get me to your church are you just trying to get me to tithe on, on Sunday mornings in your, in your worship gatherings? Are you just trying to do this, that, or the other? Have you guys experienced that same thing, or is it just me? I, I don't know that I have uh, where I currently am right now. Um, but, I, yeah, it's just di- – it's so – my context is so different than yours, Josiah, in the Pacific Northwest. Like, like it's just so, so different. So I, I think mostly what I would face here would be people who – would be more like duns than nuns. I don't know that I could find a nun. So remind the uh, listeners where you're here. from, though. Just yeah, I'm in I'm in rural Northwest Missouri. So would that be uh, considered very, very Bible Belt? Rural. I think so. I think I th- I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think the Midwest is is pretty much whatever that means, right? You've talked yeah. about that on your podcast before. Yeah, whatever that means. Whatever the Midwest uh, is, it, who who knows? But yes, I think I think it'd definitely be be considered Bible Belt. And so most most of the folks. You know, I, I, I obviously know a, a few duns. I, I guess I'd have to ask them where they where they sit now that they're they're done with at least going to church. But I don't think they'd identify as nuns. Most of them that I'm thinking of in my head right now, um, and 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 they know me on a in in our area. I mean, I live in a county of five thousand people, so I know like actually know them like relational 
relationally know them and they know me. And so, so I don't put off a vibe of like, Hey, I'm just talking to you to get you to church. So, um, yeah, I slipped them our, our online giving portal thing, but other than that, (laughs) I'm kidding. I don't do that. I don't do that. But so I have good relationships with them. Um, and they, they, they know me, they know who I am. I mean, they even know where I live. It's hard not to know where people live here. So, uh, cause like a house is a landmark around here. So it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's pastor Will's house. So turn it so anyway, Will's so yeah, house. It's, it's just a, it's just a different setting than when I was in the city, uh, in Kansas city, it was just so, so different, but yeah, that's what I, so, so I, I, I don't know. It's more relational focused here. And, and I think I've done a, a fairly good job of being able to, viewed that way as somebody who's just trying to to um every conversation is is trying to get a win is trying to get a conversion um yeah tr- trying to check something off the list you know what i mean yeah well because that's it's so. what it can feel like is just you're you're reducing a person down to a, a check mark on a on right. a list of check a checklist of sorts but what about you byron i mean yep, you're not exactly. um you're like so- guilty sort of by association but what about now well so part of it for me is I only worked at one church full time. So being bivocational everywhere you go, which by the way, I advocate for, like, I think being bivocational is awesome as a pastor because it forces you to be outside of your walls. I think it's super easy for pastors who are full time to just like spend time in their office and then like meet with people from their church. And I don't think it's intentional, but I think it's super easy for us to just like become so insulated with those in our congregation that we literally have no outside influences or relationships. So I like being bivocational because I have to go to work. I have to go to another job and hang out with people and work with people that are sometimes frustrating and whatever, or awesome. Like, and I I have friends who I still hang, like I don't hang out with. I I still contact, I have contact with, even though I'm back in Arizona from Kansas city and Hawaii, the places I lived before. And it's been years since I've been in either one, you know, like, so but I had, I met them at work and then we talk or whatever. And then they go, Oh yeah. So what's, what's your deal? Why are you in? Cause I, they always knew I wasn't from the area. So I was like, why are you here? Oh, well, you know, I'm a pastor and I'm working at this church and they're like, Oh really? And a lot of times I get the apologies cause they would swear in front of me and they go, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And I, I love that because it's just super funny. I'm like, I don't care that you swear. It doesn't bother me. And that, that I think for me sets the tone though, for me to say, Hey, I don't care that you're not like me because you're not like me you're a person um and so when they when they genuinely believe that i don't care about that kind of stuff they open up to me and then they ask me all kinds of great questions and we have theological conversations with people who wouldn't never normally do that because they don't hang out with christians so like i don't think any of the people that i'm I'm thinking of on top of my head right now who've had those conversations with me i'm very confident none of them are christian at this point um but like I still had interesting conversations with them. They, they asked me about Christianity. They asked me about theology in general. They asked me about what faith means and like all that stuff. And I can't do that if I'm not out there talking to people who aren't just a part of my congregation or, I mean, you all said like, it's hard for pastors to be friends with people in your congregation. So pastors a lot of times tend to hang out with other pastors too. And that also can be very isolating you know, mm-hmm. like it's good. It's not not a bad thing to have friends who are also pastors, but it also can be if that's all we hang out with is people from our church and other pastors. 
we're not meeting people who need to meet Christ. So that I think we're failing. And I'm not saying be friends with people to evangelize, just be friends with people because people are, you need to be with people. I mean, it's fellowship. It's part of it. And you know, I don't know. I just think it's important as a, as a healthy person. I think it's important to be around people occasionally. There's, there's like, <laughs> you know, no, yes, yes. I agree. I, I agree too. I was going to say a snarky comment. I actually have instead of a snarky comment, a thoughtful question. I don't know if you guys remember really quick. We're almost out of time. Uh, I think it was Penn Gillette. Remember Penn and Teller, the magicians where one yes. doesn't talk and the other's tall. Well, Penn, the tall guy, the talking one, I think it's Penn. Maybe. Yeah. Um, he, he, he like had a viral video uh, five, six years ago where he basically just said, I don't know. You must, you must hate me. You must not like me. Like he was basically making a point that if, if this whole Christianity thing is such a big deal, how come no one had actually tried to evangelize him? I think was the gist of the video. And so well, there's, yeah. He, but the other thing is he's a well-known atheist. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, but yeah, like he, yeah, he, no one ever tries to, to convert him because he's a well-known atheist. And he's just like, if this really means something to you, then why, why don't you still, if you believe this, why are you not trying to talk to people who so, but don't believe it? That's the tension though, right? It's like, cause I guess the, whatever you want to call it, cat's out of the bag or whatever. But ultimately like what, as a, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, you want people to understand who this Jesus guy you're following is. But at the same time, it, how does it not come across as an ulterior motive is kind of the weird balance that I find myself trying to be honest with. Cause Truly, I sometimes just want to have friends, but naturally, just like you said, Byron, out of those friendships, you can't help but share your life with each other. So that's going to happen organically. And hopefully, as a Christian, sharing your life with somebody means you're sharing Christ with them. Because that's oh, kind of our thing. So Kind of. Yeah, like, it's a big deal. But like I said, like, there are people I know they're not Christians. Like, my conversation about, you know, whatever we talked about about theology didn't change their life. But they also still talk to me about faith type stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I'm not even near them anymore, they can be like, Hey, I got a question. So it's something, you know? So final thought. Um, if you guys have a final thought, I know last time Byron said, we need to be better at sending people off with grace and peace. And we need to maybe consider what it means to even start conversations that way, because what would it mean to somebody if they knew you actually wanted to extend grace and peace to them? But I have a final thought. And if you guys want to chime in with anything extra, feel free um, as we wrap up this podcast. But Cassidy, the nun, uh, the de- well, he's the done, I guess, would be I, labels are dumb. But just to help clarify, um, <laughs> the the guy that we had on the podcast just a couple days ago who was explaining why I wasn't in church anymore. He basically thanked me and uh, he basically said, I just appreciate that you listened like that. He was kind of trying to just say and this wasn't like I truly i didn't do anything like i just listened and was his friend and that meant a lot uh obviously because i i think far too often the reputation from pastors or from christians or from evangelicals or whatever label you want to use is this one of correction and oh well let me tell you why your theology is bad or let me tell you why that's a naughty thing to do and you shouldn't do that or let me tell you why you can't do this over here but perhaps a thing we could ponder doing um as our extension of grace and peace is simply being better listeners. Well, I think to beyond just listening, we, well, you specifically asked him to come onto a podcast and share why he left the church. <laughs> like that's you. That's not just saying, Hey, I'll listen to that. Sure. What if he didn't like randomly come up to you and say, Hey, I want to say something. 
No, he didn't want to do it. You, <laughs> you literally sought him out and said, hey, this is what I want to do. I think your story is valuable, and I want people to hear it. And I would like you to do this thing, and it might not be the easiest thing. It might be scary, but I'd like you to do it, and will, will you consider it? So it wasn't just listening because he randomly decided, hey, I want to do this in a recorded way. I want you to hear it and put it on the internet. <laughs> we, you know, you sought him out and said, this is important to me. Let's talk about it. Yeah, because so, I love Cassidy. I think it's he's not, a valuable that's the person. Thing. It's just not, it's not just listening. The church needs to find ways to hear voices we don't typically hear. And not because it's going to change all of our theology or anything. I'm not saying we need to do it to be more progressive or whatever. We need to be able to understand the world we live in because the more we isolate ourselves, the more we look crazy <laughs> and the more we like, seriously, the, the, the more we build well, up. I don't, then, I don't disagree. And then people like, just look at us and go, you don't even understand reality anymore. I don't want to be around you. And if we're that isolated by our own doing and by other people isolating us from themselves, how are we going to spread the gospel? We are here to build the kingdom, not to build walls around our churches and say, keep out sinners. That's not, that's a terrible theology and it has nothing to do with Christ. So we can't keep doing this. We have to start changing. Yeah. I I think what Josiah said or what, you know, about Cassidy specifically, um, but just, just needs to be extended to everyone, right? It's just, we need to love people and we need to treat them like people, like humans, like people who are uh, creations who are, are created in the image of God. And, and, and so that starts with just, just loving them for who they are and not, and not, uh, not worrying, putting all the other stuff aside, all the labels that we've been talking about and things like that aside and saying, this is a person who, who needs to be loved just like I need to be loved. And, and, and so we can go out of our way to do that, to have, and, and yeah, it, it sounds so funny, right. But, but man, yeah, it's so easy and it's so easy, but we don't do it. It's, is we go approach people and just, just have a conversation, seek them out and have a conversation with them. Uh, like you were talking about Byron, I think is really important as well. So well, let them know that you love them. Let them know that they have value. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is the church loves to talk about how we were created in the image of God. That's not exclusive to Christians. So if we really believe that, then these people who maybe don't have the, you know, they're not living the way that we think they should. That's also the image of God. We're all distortions of that image because we've all sinned. So we're not more important or better than they are. We're all people. God loves us all we need to find ways to be bridges of love to those people. And I think foundational and maybe even essential to our faith is that we believe grace is transformative. And if we extend this transformative love, this thing that actually is like the best thing we could hope for this thing that, you know, we believe as Christians, Jesus offers us and we are supposed to tell other people they are offered it as well. Then it's not like, Hey, I am doing all this work. It's just like, yo, I have this thing that's pretty awesome and it's not because I earned it or nothing. It's, it's free for all. And it's rooted in, in transformative uh, and <laughs> undeserved love. So, so that's when I think of grace and peace, that's kind of what I, I revert back to is this, this thing that I actually think is worth sharing with other people. And it's also something that forces me to maybe sometimes bite my tongue and just extend a listening ear or uh, a loving embrace or a shoulder or whatever the case may be, or, 
or just a cup of coffee even. So, well, guys, I think we're going to wrap up. Um, thanks for doing the hashtag blessed version of the show with me again. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're very welcome. I'll expect my avocados in the mail. So. <laughs> I'm going to get you an avocado participation trophy. Will, how about that? Hey, I, I, yeah, I, that would display well in my house. So. That I'll would just... be super funny, but. They would be funny. They, I, I, Will, I, you should plant an avocado tree in your yard. Full disclosure, they don't make those. That wouldn't I, work I've, here. I really Amazoned wouldn't? them. Yeah. It would freeze, Byron. It's too cold there. Dude. Oh, yeah. yeah in, duh, I forgot the winter. It... I was thinking more of the summer. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Uh, Anyways, um, we're going to dive into California. Chaos. That's where they grow, bro. We're going <laughs> to divulge into Mexico. Chaos. Let's end on a high note. This is the hashtag blessed version of this show, the Millennial Pastor Podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it, review it, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or stay tuned for more episodes with someone. Maybe me, Byron, and Will. Maybe we'll add some other Millennial Pastors to the mix. Uh, but as always, I'm your host, Josiah. I'm your co-host, Byron. And I'm your co-host, Will. Thanks.